You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Hey there, I'd like to welcome everyone to Legally Blissed Conversations and a special welcome today to Jamie Coles. Jamie is a graduate of Chase College of Law and NKU Health College of Business alumni. Jamie has a passion for learning, teaching, and the law. She has applied her degrees in both legal and marketing daily in her project manager role with Get Noticed, Get Found, also GNGF. Her dedication to education is constantly on display as an instructor at the Legal Marketing Academy by GNGF, where she shares that knowledge with other legal professionals. Jamie's well-rounded knowledge of the legal profession comes from her time working in the offices of law firms, large and small, before becoming a project manager at GNGF. An expert bridge between marketing and law practices, Jamie acts as an essential link between these two worlds for her clients at GNGF. Welcome again, Jamie. And I also want to note that you played Division I volleyball at North Kentucky. And I think that's really cool. I, um, I, I love seeing women who are playing amazing sports like that. Tell me a little bit about um, you and your journey and why you decided to go to law school. Yeah, so really law school kind of started out as like a thing that I always kind of wanted to do, but I was better at math and science, you know, like, so I ended up like entering college with uh, the intention of going into the engineering route because I always had better grades in math and science, but I got there and I'm like, Oh, I don't like this at all. <laughs> so I entered business because you could kind of stay undeclared for a little bit longer. And I took a business law class and that kind of like solidified that what I was thinking was right all along. So uh, that kind of pushed me in the direction of law. And after like towards my senior year of business school, I decided to take the LSAT and did pretty well. So I went to law school. Oh, it was, the deal was sealed. What was it about business law that you enjoyed so much? Um, so my teacher was really great. Uh, her name was Tressa Elliott. And she, she kind of did a spin on it to where it was like ethics and business law. And um, the courses, that, like the cases that we focused on in those, in that class was really fun. They were really, really cool. And it was like, she made us think about it from all these different angles of like, what are the ethical considerations? What are the legal considerations? And we had to present that. And it kind of gave me a taste without it being like law school yet, but I still got to work with cases and it was just like things lit up in me that had never lit up in me before doing math and science. <laughs> that's, that's really cool that you had that opportunity to kind of take a, a law class at an undergrad. Um, I think that, a lot of people who who would have that opportunity may decide other 
decide otherwise from eventually going to law school, or maybe it would seal the deal kind of like it did for you. So I'm so excited that you have an opportunity and that do, is that class still offered at NKU? It is. Yeah. Um, I actually worked with Tressa in law school on creating a master's level program for the same type of course. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I was, it was really an awesome opportunity. Yeah. And then I also went to uh, London with Tressa Elliott and did like a British legal systems class with her. That's cool. So you yeah. <laughs> talk a lot about Tressa. Is she one of your inspirations? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She um, is just honestly like the most matter of fact person. So like you kind of get the real gist of what you're getting into with her. And I think that having that like breath of fresh air in terms of like, because I was in marketing, right? So a lot of the stuff is like fluffed and everything. And then you get to Teresa and she's going to tell you how it is. So, <laughs> uh, But I loved having her perspective and like her guidance, especially at that time where I wasn't sure what my path was looking like. Um, and she, I think she really shaped like my path, especially into law school. That's that's incredible. So are you still in contact with her fairly regularly? Yeah, I am. <laughs> especially <laughs> when I was in law school I was like all the time because I was working with her on that master's sure. level class uh but we still keep in touch uh she's doing great she's still teaching um undergrad courses in ethics and business law but then also uh she began that master's program as well that's amazing so that's that's cool that you had that opportunity to work on that with her so let's talk about law school you go into law school what were how how was that experience for you was it everything that you dreamt of and more or was it I'm a, I'm a little bit of a school nerd okay. uh, so I actually really enjoyed law school itself um I think that there's the, like the horrible two weeks of final exams is just like you just got to get through it it's not going to be fun no matter what but like the actual substance and like the learning portion of it I found really interesting and entertaining I think once you learn how to read cases it gets significantly better <laughs> Like that beginning portion is just hard no matter what. Um, but yeah, I actually enjoyed law school. I found like even going to like a smaller law school in Northern Kentucky, I we had really educated um, like professors and resources. And that was just really neat to see and interact with every day. Um, I think that there were some things that as a person who like wasn't really sold on being like a litigator or a trial attorney that like they didn't maybe didn't provide those paths or resources or uh for me as much but um i kind of went in knowing i wasn't going to be the criminal lawyer right like <laughs> i knew that and i was able to direct myself in that direction but like for somebody who's more broad coming into law school i don't know that they would have had as much success finding the path that I had. That's that's a really good point. I think you make a really good point there that if you, you know, certain law schools, I think are maybe known in kind of driving their attorney or future lawyers in a certain direction. And that's an interesting kind of perspective about um, Sam, Sam and P. Chase. Yeah, so that I find that really interesting that you, like you knew kind of the direction that you wanted to go in and you were you were okay with that because you were able to kind of craft your experience in law school the way that you wanted it. Whereas someone who was a little more like, I don't really know what to do may not have had the great experience. Yeah. But and, and I say that in a way that like we had insanely incredible, like 
attorney professors, right? So like Ursula Doyle is one that I just comes to mind right away. She's like, I always say she's the person you can imagine like sitting in an all white apartment, drinking red wine and not spilling a drop. <laughs> like <laughs> she is like perfection. <laughs> <laughs> she's perfection. And she like always talks about her success in class actions. Yeah. But then I also, because I went in with the mindset that I had, I thought about like, but she also chose a non-traditional legal career ultimately, right? Like she's a professor. She's mm -hmm. not out there litigating class actions anymore. So like you can be this successful person that you want to be without choosing big law or, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to be that to be a successful person and to be who your role model is standing in front of you. So I love that. And I want to talk about that because this, this is a really key part of our conversation, right? Um, going, a lot of people, when they graduate from law school, they feel very pig, pigeonholed into you know, going into a law firm, if not big law, like there's a lot of, there's a tremendous amount of pressure, but you've taken a non-traditional route. And I want to really kind of dig in on that. Cause I think it's really cool how you melded your, the things that you love and your experience into your current position. So after you graduated from law school, you weren't like sending out all of these resumes to big New York city firms. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So um, I was during law school, I wanted to get like some traditional legal experience because I felt like that that was a benefit regard and kind of opened up my possibilities after law school too. Um, so I did have like experience in a bigger firm in Cincinnati. I had experience um, in smaller firms in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area. Uh, all and, the same. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of all the same. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from here, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like even working in those, I kind of knew that if I was going to stay in law, it was going to be more business related or transactional. And then if I wasn't going to stay in law, that was okay too. But it's actually really kind of hard to have that mindset when you're in law school because all your friends, like everyone you're talking to has this, like, I want to go to a firm. I want to go do litigation. Like it's hard to be that different person and find success in other places when everyone around you has this kind of collective goal and that's how they measure success. But uh, I'm so, so happy that I did because like my quality of life is so good. I'm not, you know, like I'm, I can breathe easier some days and like, I'm still doing things that utilize my legal uh, education. How did you navigate that whenever you were in law school, right? And you knew that you wanted to do something maybe a little non-traditional, a lot non-traditional, whereas, you know, you had these friends that were always talking about it. Like, how did you, how, how were you kind of able to navigate that? So part of it was, I kind of came in with that mindset and I, I'm not exactly a shy person, so, <laughs> but I would I openly talk about like my yeah. desire to either work in like a business or uh, maybe in compliance. Like I had these other non-traditional legal careers always in the back burner, um, but also I kind of developed my track based on like getting exposure in businesses getting uh like i worked with bankruptcy a lot like i did all the transactional law courses and that surrounded me with enough people to talk about my like niche interest that, yeah, yeah. uh 
I was able to like be solidified in my decisions going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, awesome. So let's, let's go forward just a little bit. You graduate from law school Mm -hmm. and what, like the day that you graduate from law school, like, what was that like? Were you kind of, were you optimistic about like your future and where you were going to go with your non-traditional career or were you freaking out just a little bit? Uh, I was a little bit freaking out. Like, I feel like after years of school and like dedicating your entire life to school for so many years, it's kind of scary to be like, oh, we don't have school anymore. Like (laughs) I've already, I've worked in firms before. I know what that's like. I, I, like I had good grades. I think I can get a job. Right. But like not having that crutch of school was so hard. Yeah. It's like, can I go back to school? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Even if it's like, even if it's not because you loved it, but just out of like, that's what you know, and that's your comfort zone. It's so hard to leave that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I had a really great like group of like graduates with me. So leaving that group, I feel like if you suffer together, you have a bond, you know? (laughs) So we we still get together to this day, but we, I, like, that was a really hard thing to like leave. And I think we celebrated it appropriately. um, (laughs) Is that, is that podcast appropriate? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, it's fine. We, uh, we're a really fun group. We actually go to, um, down to Keeneland every year with my law school group. So oh, fun. That's awesome. That's, all, that's right near you. Yeah. So, I'm sure there's yeah. some debauchery that goes on there. Oh yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that, that might be for another day. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's okay. After you grad, what was your first, um, what was your first job? Uh, in law, it wasn't, it wasn't J G N G F. It, what did you, or was it, did you go straight to G N G F after you graduated from law school? Yeah. So after law school, I went straight to G N G F. Okay. That's awesome. So let's talk about that process. How so, that came about. Yeah. So that's actually really funny. When I was in undergrad, um, I remember seeing the bulletin board of like careers and stuff. And like I t- said, I was really interested in business, the business law class, but I was yeah. studying marketing. Yeah. So um, I saw this like law firm marketing company on this bulletin board. And at the same time I was taking the LSAT, I was preparing to apply for GNGF as well. Like those are my two options. I was either going to go straight to GNGF or I was going to go to law school. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I had my application ready, but I got my LSAT score back and it was like pretty good. And I was pretty confident I was going to go to law school at that time, but I had already prepared the application. And that's a funny point because back then GNGF was doing like video applications and uh, it was, it comes up later. So when I come out of law school and I'm still thinking non-traditional legal careers, I still want to work in business. I remember GNGF and I actually looked them up online, like didn't see an ad, didn't, I just remembered them. Yeah. So I messaged Mark, the CEO on LinkedIn, like in a shot in the dark. It was like, Hey, I really like your company. I would love to work for you. Like, please let me know if there's anything available. And he got back to me and like, that started the whole thing. But I even in that message, I even wrote like, so I've been a longtime fan. I remember when you were doing video applications and I was going to apply in 20, 14 or whatever it was. Back in the olden days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
and like that sparked up a conversation uh and then I ended up working there not, not even a couple months later okay so yeah. were you studying for the bar while you um while you were also working there yes so uh I was studying for the bar and studying for the bar and having a full-time job is not like it's so hard and and I, I truly didn't feel like my best so I actually ended up not taking the bar <laughs> that time and um but I also knew like where my direction was and even though but that's a really hard conversation to have here's the thing having gone to law school suffices for what you need to do taking mm -hmm. the bar is almost and it's kind of another level right it's yeah. like do you want to practice law and represent clients as a lawyer exactly that's what that's what the bar is for are you capable of doing that so in this situation is it even really necessary for your current for your current career right. so at gngf you you have several roles says that you're a project manager, but you mm -hmm. also do a lot of education. I can tell that you're someone who, who, who loves to probably create programs and educate people. So tell yes. me a little bit about how, how that works and like how you're using your legal background to do that. Yeah. So when I was having those candid conversations with Mark right at the beginning, like reaching out to him on LinkedIn before I even knew him, I actually asked him like, okay, you're a full service marketing agency, right? So you're helping these clients that are probably a little bit more established. They have like maybe one or two attorneys, but they have like a steady income. They're able to really hire like an agency for you. Uh, but like my friends and the people I know aren't there yet. Like they're either working and doing the grunt work in a big law firm, or they are starting up a firm who really has not enough income yet, right? So, like, what are we doing for those people? Because they cannot afford the, like a full service agency yet to do all the marketing for them and get them off the ground. So like, what are law firms doing or supposed to be doing now to get to the point where they can hire an agency? And he he's like, I honestly don't have an answer for you. Like, let me think about it. And then, so I actually came on like a month later as like a full, like a employee working with full service agent, like agency clients. And he was like, I've been thinking about that more. I think we should start something. I said, okay, what, like, what do you have in mind? And I, I was thinking like, we have a book that's available. It's a book that's written by our CEO and it's how to turn clicks into clients. And it's all about digital marketing. And that just didn't seem like, like, realistically like a attorney's gonna just take this book and run with it you know so i wanted to create like an expansive course related to like the things in that book and give how to's and like step by here's 15 if you have 15 minutes today to spend on marketing your firm what are you gonna do and if you're gonna follow this 15 minute video on exactly like productive steps that's gonna have a payoff at some point right so that's what I wanted to do. We brainstormed with a couple people in the firm, uh, in like the agency and got some feedback from clients just to see like where they started, you know, cause the best resources are the attorneys who are going through it every single day. Um, and we started this legal marketing academy 
where we have these tutorials, we have these educational videos, we have these resources for attorneys. The only thing that we stress to attorneys every single day is that your law firm is a business, right? And like running it like a business is very important. They don't teach you that in law school. They teach you how to be a good lawyer. We're gonna try to teach you how to run your business. So, yeah, so you found this really kind of niche, right? Like this unserved mm -hmm. niche, people who really can't afford quite yet the services of a full-blown agency. And you created this course. Basically, it's like a subscription model where you can access it as you need to. We do have live events that you can attend and ask questions. Uh, we have like real life account managers, project managers, uh, within the agency that are available to you 24 seven on for questions. Um, so like, it's really a huge resource that like, we're just, we, you have options to pay for like us to do certain things that you don't want to do, but like, you just do it as you please when you want. And then you have the resource of us to ask us how to do it the most efficient way possible. So like we're putting the information there and it's able to be done. We just say that when you get to a point in your business where you're thinking about outsourcing some things, then like an agency might be a good option if, cause they're just like trained in doing it faster, more efficient, you know? But like while you're early and starting out, everything kind of has to be done. You have to decide where to spend your money and marketing might not be that thing. So we want, we want to give you the resources to at least get to the point where you can grow your firm. Well, like you said, I mean, most, most of these lawyers that come out of law school, like if they, you know, have a small firm, they start their own practice, they don't know how to run a business, right? They might know how, but really they've been trained in how to, you know, be a lawyer. So um, how to read case law, it's a totally different kind of hat. And at the end of the day, not everyone wants to do it anyway. So this is really great because that gives kind of that opportunity for people to have their own practice um, without going in, you know, feeling like they need to go to a big firm where some of that support is already internal. So what is your favorite thing about your current position there? So honestly, it's like seeing the efforts of like their own hard work really pay off. Right. So like when I see someone who came to us with like a one page site and no Google business profile. And like, they're really just starting out. Like they just started their firm. They come in, they see what we've recommended and like they have the step-by-step -step tutorials on how to build these things foundationally. And then all of a sudden they're, they're getting clients in, right? They're, they're starting to spend more time representing the clients, which is what they wanted to do. And then eventually like the idea and I, we, we've only been doing the legal marketing Academy for about a year now. So eventually the idea would be that they could grow even more, right? They spend more time being an attorney if that's what they want. Or if like, we are huge on what your goals are, are your goals. So if your goal isn't to be like the litigator in your firm and you want to be the business manager and that's your passion, like that's what we want for you. So we're giving you the tools to like start that. Uh, but if your goal is to do more of the legal work, we want to give you the tools so you can grow your firm and to a point where you can outsource things like intake, you know, uh, 
marketing, you know, business management. We want you to be able to hire internally. If those are your goals, we want you to reach those goals. And we're really big on understanding our like Academy members' goals. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash blist for an exclusive introduction. So is GNGF or the Legal Academy, is it, is it sitting on a community kind of like circle? So yeah, it's uh, hosted on Mighty Networks. Uh, okay, you're using Mighty Networks. Okay. Yeah. How has that experience been for the community members and for you all? Really great. I think it is very user-friendly. Uh, yep. We've played with some things. Like I think at the beginning, uh, there were things that we needed to sort out over time, like any other community. But we've yeah. gotten it to a place where it's easy, easier to navigate. It's more um, like second nature to, uh, to the people using yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, we're able to actually offer more things coming soon really uh yeah that are gonna help like foster that community type environment do you facilitate the community yeah. is that part of your responsibility that's a lot of work no i'm a community <laughs> manager uh You're the community yeah okay. of the legal okay. marketing academy so i also do yeah. um i cover anything ethics within the academy because yeah. with my yeah. legal background kinda, i yeah. i took the mpre <laughs> you know like i know the uh the ethics portions of things to bring that in and make it legal specific because there are certain rules that apply to lawyers when it comes to sure. advertising that we need to be aware of. Sure. Sure. And I'm sure that, you know, the community is great too, because people can get in there and ask questions amongst other community members, maybe about something that seems complex to them, but maybe very, like maybe an ethics question that they're kind of like, I don't really know what to do in this situation. Right. And then if they go into the community. Maybe there's, engagement amongst members and they can kind of help each other yes absolutely that, uh yeah we're trying to foster that like we can learn you can learn from us but you can also learn mm -hmm. from someone in your shoes going through the exact same thing and right right getting that community and having those peers is invaluable sure yeah. sure are the are the um, courses, or especially any of the ethics courses, eligible for CLE credits? So we do actually teach CLEs like pretty much all over the United States. We like that's huge. Yeah, we get invited yeah. to speak. Um, like I'm speaking in Alaska coming up. I'm, you know, a lot of things right now Alaska? are virtual. Yeah, a lot of things right now are virtual, so it makes it easy yes. to go to Alaska virtually. But, yeah, but I actually think that we're in talks of doing an in-person event with them as well. So to maybe to that's come. Cool. Yeah. 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 That would, that's a, that's a place I've always wanted to go. I've never been yeah. there. Uh, 
but yeah, that's cool that that people can also get CLE credits um, via you all. That's huge yes. because we're always kind of wondering, like, oh, where am I gonna, you know, where am I going to get my next CLE credits? And and the cool thing, of, and maybe a lot of states do this. I mean, I do love that Kentucky does their, you know, kind of annual Kentucky law update, yeah. and you're able to get all of your credits, you know, satisfied for the year, but for free, right. which is really cool. Um, but unfortunately, it's typically in like for me, it's not really in the areas that I, that I practice. So, um, but the opportunity is really good. And I usually do take advantage of it just in case I get in a bind. Squeeze yeah. up. <laughs> like, how is it, that, you know, like, how's it May? And I need to get some CLE credits, yeah. but that's really good. That could be, is that sort of a selling point for you all too? And your service is the ability to get CLEs. So in the legal marketing Academy, that like the course itself doesn't count as a CLE, but we do teach CLE. Okay. Like we get invited by bar associations to speak throughout. Okay. Um, so a lot of what we talk about in the Legal Marketing Academy ends up being like a CLE somewhere in the United States. Um, but we, That's I've good. spoken like in the tri-state area. Um, I do like I did Wisconsin, I, I mean, it's all over the place, especially with COVID, like everything moving virtual, it's a lot easier to speak a bunch of different places month to month, so. Sure, sure, and it is kind of nice to not have to be traveling a yeah. lot, right? Because traveling takes time, it's expensive. So I guess maybe there's some decent things that came out right. of COVID, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like what little nugget of advice would you give to someone who, is kind of in the position of your that little niche market that you were that you have recognized right the the maybe the attorneys who have their own practice they're small they're not quite ready for an agency but they they want to grow do you have any like little nugget of advice that you could give um those people yes so i think that the <laughs> biggest thing that i've come across with attorneys is mindset shift right so my, my mindset shift started before law school, where it was like, okay, I don't need to be thinking about being a litigator my whole life, right? But the people that come out of law school and start their own firms, they're still thinking litigator, 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 or like transact, even if it's a transactional law firm, like they're thinking law. Mindset shift is huge in the sense that when you're marketing your firm, we're not talking to other lawyers. We're not selling ourselves and our knowledge and our brain of the like regarding the law to other lawyers. We're actually talking to somebody who's coming to us with an issue and mm -hmm. learning to be sympathetic and meet them where they're at is so important and so undervalued, I think, yeah. uh, when it comes to digital marketing. Like, it's so easy when you're saying, like, let me write a blog post about negligence to spout off the rules of negligence, right? Yeah, your your prospective client doesn't care about the rules of well, negligence, right? It's it's so hard to like, I think for attorneys yeah. and people that went to law school to hear that because it's like, but I worked so hard to understand this. <laughs> yeah, well, right? like I want people to know that I know it. And like, <laughs> I, I love that you know it, I do. Your clients don't care. <laughs> I think that just having that mindset shift and like, when even when you're doing Facebook ads, even when you're doing like just little content pieces on your website, just having that in mind, always thinking like, I know this, but what does the client want to know from me is huge, right? 
So I'm thinking about the times that I didn't know an answer to some legal question mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll go like look it up on the internet or. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me get back to you on that. I want to. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go to the Google box and I'm going to do some research. I'm going to just take a look here, but you know, I'm thinking of just, just some trademark websites that I've been to and with, for attorneys. And I don't really post a lot of blog stuff. I guess I don't really at all, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, just now that I'm thinking about it, you know, a lot of those websites are very information dense, mm -hmm. you know, I can get the wall and, you know, go here for the TM um, EP, like it would be geared towards me more than someone who needs legal help rather than like a lawyer who's just is trying to kind of figure something out here, like a strategy. Right. So I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting that the times that I have gone and looked at other law firm websites, it's usually pretty like, what am I trying to, it's, it's technical. Yeah. It's more technical. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for there. I think for people that would have an interest in it to help take the that information and revise it and make it, you know, revise that complex information and make it more digestible right. for, for just normal people, right? Who aren't lawyers. Or you can give, I always say, if you really want to give the law, like that's fine, give it, but then say what that means for the client. So like, if you're yeah. saying that like you can't file bankruptcy within a seven year statutory period, like, what does that mean? You know, like two yeah. times within a seven year statutory period, what does that mean for the client? And explain it to them like yeah. you would tell them in an initial consult. I think initial right. consults are like the bread and butter to content marketing. Like, <laughs> Talk about that. Tell me about that. Why do you say that? Uh, I think that it's when you're talking to the client that you're going to find yeah. the best way to talk to them digitally. So when they're coming in asking you the same questions like what should I or they're calling in saying what should I bring to my first meeting with you put that on your website mm -hmm. that's like it's clearly something yeah. that people are mulling over that they're going to look up on the sure. internet right like any question mm -hmm. that they ask in person they've probably already tried to look for it on the internet <laughs> it's, it's analogous to what you were saying a minute ago about how your your all's best information at GNGF is from your clients mm -hmm right? Your law, your law firm clients. And it's the same for law firms. Absolutely. Our best information is from the client that we want to serve. Like, what is that language that they're using? What are the questions that they are asking? Like your blog posts don't have to be big, fancy, you know, yeah. it, it just, they don't have to be super technical or complex. You could be answering your client's questions. Yeah. And I guess I could go to this, like the same too, for people that have YouTube channels and do podcasts and, and things like that, right? Just um, answering those questions on those podcasts. Yep, that's uh, for video content. You're giving yeah. a little insight into the Legal Marketing Academy because that's one of the things we like come out and directly say is that, hey, if you're answering a question a lot, record yourself answering that question and put it on the internet. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a big Repurpose. thing. Yeah repurpose your stuff right yes. like because you're gonna get the same question you might as well instead of rewriting it have a template yes record yourself answering it have it ready to go to send to someone we um, know you're busy because we want you to maximize yeah. that time like get the most out of the yeah. things you're doing every single day and there's technology more and more that allow things like that like like doing a loom video right, right? you could do a loom video that's a minute or two and have kind of a, t a 
stack of 10 of them of common questions. And whenever someone comes to you, just they're going to be like, whoa, this person is so impressed, but you're not having to recreate that every single time because obviously, you know, our, our, everyone's time is so valuable. You know, why are we create the same content constantly when you can do it a few, you know, you might, you might have to tweak it a little bit for, for certain questions, right. but it, you know, there's a technology to, to, to record content and to save it and access it easily and quickly for, um, for future use. And for, one thing I think is really good too, is like, if you are doing audio or video transcription, yes. Um, and you can always clean it up. Yes. So we say like, as, as much as you can utilize your content in mm-hmm. multiple forms and push it out in different ways, like that's the best use of your time, right? Like once you get a good piece of content that actually gets some traction, yep. figure out how to utilize that in every way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great kind of end uh, nugget of, of advice. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, okay, let me ask you, what is, what's next for you? What's next for DNGF? Um, I always like knowing kind of what you think the next, you know, six months to a year holds for you all. Yeah, so with GNGF, we are actually about to um, launch a new thing within the Academy where you'll actually be able to purchase individual packages um, okay. like say you're only interested in improving your firm seat or SEO presence, right? You'll have an SEO package available for you that you can just purchase, um, and access on demand as you want. Cool. Um, and then I always think of it like, it's not a bar course, but it's set up kind of like a bar course, right? So where like, you can do it at your own pace when you want to, I highly recommend you do it. <laughs> recommend you they do yeah. it and then also you recommend that they implement what they learn yes and um the reason i'm i'm driving at home because home is because i am really guilty of doing courses and such yep. and consuming content without um integrating what i learn for some reason and then sometimes i'll keep learning stuff to like as a buffer, maybe yeah. I'm not exactly sure what it is. So it's really important people are doing those courses. And the, the idea of sort of doing maybe smaller kind of packages like the SEO, I think sounds really good because it it kind of maybe condenses information and gives people kind of action items after each smaller piece of information. They can go ahead and implement it. That's the goal. And it's also uh, a way to make it even more accessible to people who are just starting out. Like if they know that they have an issue with one aspect of marketing or business, um, um, yeah. like running their business, we have those packages set up for that particular success. And we can recommend like, hey, maybe if you're not ready to learn the course even, like just check yeah. out this package that'll set you up for success. And like, as you grow, you might be able to do more or hire internally. You know, like we want you, to, yeah. we want to give you the resources you need not necessarily try to feed you everything that you don't need. Yes. And that's genius because that's really what forms long-term clients. Because if you can help them at their early stages, really hold their hand, then at some point, like the goal is that maybe they'll hire you all for full-blown agency work. And yeah, we definitely have options for like movement into agency from the academy. Uh, Like, that's an easy transition, especially since you're already working with actual account managers, actual project managers. Uh, so that's 
like that is an easy transition, but also we recognize that that's not everybody's goal. And some people sure. want to be business owners and want to run their own marketing and they can stay in the academy or they can buy these packages that they feel like benefit their firm and still yeah. get a ton and ton of benefit out of it. And and some people, um, many firms want to stay very small, right? A couple of attorneys. Um, I think that we, you know, we think everyone's shooting for like, you know, a huge law firm kind of status, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so where can people find you and GNGF? So you can find me on Jamie Coles. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm um, on Instagram, Facebook, but LinkedIn is probably the best if you're contacting me professionally or about uh, GNGF. And then uh, GNGF.com. And you can visit okay. uh, us through just accessing that website. Uh, you'll see links to our social media. You'll see links to some of the videos within the Academy. Awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I love learning about your journey, your very unique journey and um, your non-traditional position. I think that it's incredibly inspiring for people who are in law school or just out of law school, or maybe they're practicing law now and they're like, ah, like I want to do something completely different. Um, that you can always utilize your legal background in so many different ways. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Bliss Conversations. If you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys, be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallyblissed.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Nixon. See you next time.